Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Oluwapelumi Oguntade, or Pelumi, as she likes to be called, a junior in the College of Business Administration. Thank you for agreeing to share your story with us today. And Palumi, what is that story? First of all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the platform to elevate voices of women of color. I identify as Nigerian-American and as a brown woman and just as a unique individual, Oluomo, as I like to call it, one of a kind. And that's what it means in the Yoruba language of Nigeria. I identify as brown because... I was having a conversation with my mom and she was like, why are we called black anyways? Like our skin is not near that color. And we're trying to be like, okay, what is the term we want to be called then? And we decided on brown or people of color. And that is something that even we have to work on when we speak in our native language of Yoruba. Like we can't say black anymore because black means doo-doo. So now we have to say brown and translate that as well. And some may call it, you know, reclaiming the narrative. And I just call it taking agency. And it's just like something we always do in Nigerian culture, which is whenever someone names their child, there's an emphasis placed on that. Like, what does it mean? What does your name mean? Because it determines your potentials, your values as well. So now we're going back to that and saying, why are we called this? What does it mean to us? If it's something positive, we say yes to it. But if it's not something that doesn't define us, that limits us, we say no to that. I was born in Nigeria. I come from the United States as well. I say that particularly because now reflecting, I have lived in the United States for over a decade now. And when I look at the way I think, my values, it reflects both countries. Not Nigerian only, not U.S., but like a mix between the two. It's like a continuum. Now, do you have dual citizenship? Yeah, I do. So... On any given day, are there times when you feel more Nigerian than American or more American than Nigerian? When I'm with my Nigerian friends, I feel more American. And actually, <laughs> when I'm like speaking like this in my American accent, they're like, no, no, like, please, call me, speak Yoruba to us. We don't understand what you're saying. And they sometimes even call me Americana. When I'm with my American friends, that's like when I feel Nigerian-American the most. Because I feel like I'm able to tell them about like my Nigerian culture, but also just be American. But it wasn't always that way. I remember middle school, elementary school, and even some parts in the beginning of high school, particularly freshman and sophomore year, it wasn't like that. It was more like I was also more Nigerian, especially because I had this thick accent. Let me tell you, fifth grade, I was very frustrated because I would have to repeat things that I said. 
multiple times because I had this Nigerian accent, even though Nigerian speaks English. That's our primary language there, too. But I'm like, why do you guys not understand me? And that was because you have the Nigerian accent. Nigerians pronounce things the way they see. And then Americans just do their own thing. So (laughs) it was very interesting. But I just kept persevering with that. And I remember my world history teacher in high school, sophomore year, he was like, you don't really have an accent. And I feel like the fact that I still remember that allowed me to start seeing myself beyond just uh, United States and more towards that global citizen status. And I was like, you are right. I, the way I sometimes I still pronounce certain things with the Nigerian accent or sometimes American like that, that is also fine. And at some point I stopped caring whether I was too Nigerian or too American. And I just started being me. And when I stopped paying attention to that, I stopped noticing whenever people say you're too Nigerian or too American. And I feel like at that point, that also stopped as well because I was confident in my identity. And I feel like I exuded that around me as well. So it was just like, yeah, this girl, she's who she is. How would you describe the path that you're on? My path, I feel like it's one that I don't think it's fully, like the closer I get to it, the more I see what's ahead. But I would say paying attention to my likes What is it that I like? What is it that I don't like? That's helping me get on my path. And I tend to look at things from different perspectives now, thanks to those two identities that I have. And it's allowed me to also pay attention to cultures different from my own and also see the similarities. And I see that I'm starting to influence that on others as well, especially my mom. She's starting to be like, oh, yeah, she was showing me something in Asian cultures, for example, like Korean. And she'd be like, yeah, that's so similar. We do that too. I'm like, yes, mom, we do. And those days makes me feel like I'm not tethering at the end of my identity as much that I am finding myself. But just as in a continuum, like some days I'm more on on one side, other days I'm on another side. And that's fine. That's okay. That's who I am. Now, is being Nigerian-American important to the path that you want to make certain that you travel. I know we had spoken briefly about what you wanted to do with your life. What role does your identity play in your career aspirations? For that, I find myself always trying to blend both cultures and bring them in. Even in my styles, for example, I like to an African print, but then try to wear a skirt that's also comfortable, you know, also not fully traditional at the same time. I find myself always trying to bring, especially because I live in the United States, I'm trying to bring my Nigerian identity in as a way to kind of hold on to that link. Because if you don't hold on to it, you lose it, you forget it. Sometimes I find myself reciting Nazri rhymes from when I was younger, trying to remember those things or trying to snake in proverbs, Nigerian proverbs into conversations so that I remember those things so that I share with my sibling as well, because he looks up to me and I don't want him to lose his identity as well. And it's fine to be multiple (laughs) for multiple cultures. So I always find myself trying to bring both worlds together. What women of color inspire you? This is definitely from more of like a fashion perspective, but there's this Indian fashion influencer named Masum Manuala, and I just love what she does. 
Her Instagram is very unique. And what she does, it's similar to what I want to do as well. What I'm trying to do and what I am doing is that she wears this Indian outfits, right? But then she educates her audience about it. Like, how do you wear a bindi, for example? And who should wear a bindi? Yeah, and who should wear it as well. And it's just so cool because I find myself like, I want to wear that. Even though I'm a woman of color, I love Indian styles. I want to wear that. But I'm like, okay, stop. Wait a minute. You got to educate yourself on that and ask someone with authority, like, how do I do this properly? How can I learn from this? I find her doing that and I love it. And I want to also emulate that. I also love Michelle Obama. I feel like she's just someone that... I look at her and I get energy. I'm like, I can do this. I love her initiatives with nutrition. I love the vibe that she possesses and she backs her word. And her fashion. And her fashion. Don't even get me started. Let me tell you, like, at the... The inauguration. The inauguration, I was like, all the women came. They served looks. Just the way she walked into the room, though. She didn't walk. She glided. Like, those powerful strides. I was like... Yes, queen. Like, I was so proud. And they make me dream. I feel like that's the most important thing. Like, they make me dream. I was on Instagram the other day, and someone was saying, like, they were stopped dreaming. And somebody told them, like, don't stop dreaming. Like, your dreams may not come true sometimes, but never stop dreaming. Like, you are in charge of your own dreams, your imaginations. You have that agency, that power. And they remind me of that, that I can dream. I can do my best to turn into actions and see where it goes. What's been Marquette's role or impact on women of color? Okay. It's made me more, for myself particularly, let's start from there. I feel like it's made me more confident in myself because in class, sometimes I'm the only woman of color in there. And I've said it's okay. I'm like, I'm going to be that person. Like somebody else was that person way before me, right? And I'm going to be that person and I'm going to listen and I'm going to find allies in the room and I'm going to identify the haters in the room as well. Like I'm going to be that person that learns how to feel comfortable in spaces where I might not often be comfortable at. And I'm also going to learn to be relatable. And that I learned from Barack Obama. And he was talking to someone about it because of his identity as well. And just learn to be relatable. But I feel like Marquette's impact on the lives of women of color in general, particularly like my cohorts, it's been full of mixed feelings. No one's experience is the same. I'm lucky to be on the end where I've had mostly positive experiences, but I have had heard stories from other people having negative experiences. I know my mother said that you could tell from Ramallah that she's an African woman. Like, and she told me that she came to campus with me that day, but she wasn't with me. And she just said like she felt alienated, that there was that look of like, you don't belong here. And that hurts. But me being me, I try to like wave it off. I was like, mom, no, it was this, this, that, 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 that happened instead. Try to like wave it off so that she doesn't feel that way. And I remember going to attending a talk as well with Dr. Lovell involved. And he was at the law building, actually. I think it was 2019. I don't remember the specifics. But it was also a young Black woman also saying that the police kind of like followed her around a bit. 
So I feel like we also have to pay attention to those kind of experiences that people have had. On my hand, where I work, like I've had a positive experience. And I think that's also because I just try to see the positive side of things. If someone had an attitude that felt a bit racist, I just try to wave it off because I don't want that to bring down my emotions and I don't want to have a bad day. Like I strive really hard to have a great day every single day or at least like maintain a stable emotional homeostasis. Like I try so hard on that because when the feeling goes really down, it's much harder. The energy to exert it, to bring it back up, it's so much more and I don't want to get there. So I always just try to have a positive homeostasis. But I feel like as a lot of women and people of color say, Marquette can definitely do better. I think this podcast itself is one of the ways because when people are listening to these different stories, it makes them more aware of their biases, of their actions. I feel like for there to be change, sometimes we can't just wear a shirt that says Black Lives Matter, right? We have to all of a sudden in just different beliefs, just try to change it. You have to pay attention to yourself. I do this late at night or early in the morning, just reflect on one or two actions that I did. Could I have smiled there? Could I have said that word nicer to my mom? Little things like that. That also applies to how we treat other people. Could I have called on that Black student more in class? Could I have encouraged them to talk more? Could I have asked them behind class? How are you feeling? Does this class make you feel comfortable? What are some, especially, for example, sociology class might even be more applicable for this, especially. Those tiny steps, they go a long way. A little compliment, a little notice and trying to like reach out to someone, it goes a long way. What impact do you want to have on women of color? For women of color, I think I would like to inspire them. And that's such a broad term. But in the little things, like finding your own style, when I look at media, I don't only see a style that like I would wear. I would say I like that style in some ways. Just like we have different body features, for example. Like I might say, oh, I love that sweater on you. But does that mean that I would necessarily wear it? Not really. And when they get to that point where they don't quite see something that looks like them or fits them, create your own. It sounds really challenging because you have to plan, you have to meet up with people, find allies, depending on what it is that you want to do, your target audience, and all of that. But create it if you don't see it. It takes a lot. But as I'm saying, if you have a dream, just do it. What are your hopes for the future? And that could be your future, Marquette's future, the future of Milwaukee. What are your hopes? I hope that we can stand next to our brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, siblings. And they don't have to necessarily be from the same race. First of all, race was the whole different thing that I found out in the U.S. Like, it's a human construct, a social construct. Social construct. Social construct. And I was just like, whoa, because in Nigeria, I'm fair-skinned. Here, I'm just black, but now I'm brown, like my mom and I were saying. But back to that question that we can stand next to each other despite our differences and just look each other in the eyes and have respectable conversations because I feel that that is very important. There's little things that we take away from those conversations that we bring back into our homes 
that change lives. But if we don't take the step to have that conversation without interrupting the other person, without having an attitude, like you're not going to gain something from it. So I want people to have that. It could be open-mindedness or like today, you know what? I'm going to have enough social energy to withstand this person and hear them out. Like I'm going to hear them out today. That's it. Like, and you're going to like, you can even write it down on your paper. And then once you do it, just check it off. Even look at the time, like, okay, 30 seconds. I'm not going to interrupt this person. For some people, they might really need to do that, like learn how to do that. Other people, it might be easier. And also, something I'm learning my management class, reflective listening. Letting them know you've understood them, even if you don't have anything to say. Like, I actually, I feel like I'm bad at, like, sympathizing with people. But I, like, let them know, like, I'm there for them. Like, even if it's, like, a touch of hand or... Because I feel like I don't have the comeback or the right words to say, but I'm just like, I'm here for you. That's all I have to say about that. So it's important that we're able to do that for each other and just listen, listen and listen. Because, for example, I am in a lot of rooms these days that I'm not knowledgeable in there in that topic, but I just listen. And it's opening path and connections and networks. And I'm just like, we just need to listen more and stop talking as much we do. I actually have a T-shirt or a sweatshirt that says, read more, talk less. (laughs) (laughs) What would you like our community to know about your journey? I face challenges along the way. There are days when I have bad days. One of the challenges that I touched on earlier was language. And I remember the specific scene in elementary school. And along with the challenges, too, comes with allies and supporters and people that are like, fighting for you behind your back without you knowing. But I'll like tell this story real quick. I was in elementary school recess and I had said to someone like, I like you. And I forgot to say that I like you as a friend. I forgot to say that part because in Nigeria, all I have to just say is I like you. And apparently there was rumors around me saying that I was lesbian and this and that and that. And this was around the time when if somebody says you were gay, like that was an insult and that was bad. And and I'm glad that the narratives around that is changing. Same thing with the R word as well. There's a whole campaign about that in my middle school years. I'm glad those narratives are changing and people are becoming like informed. But back to the story. And apparently there was rumors going around me. I did not know this. And I remember just being in my class, my fifth grade class, um, room 46. And one of my classmates was saying that she meant that they were defending me, basically. And apparently my whole room 46 class was defending me from the other classes. And they were about to get into fights because they were going to defend me. And I was like, guys, it's okay. Like, I'm not that hurt. Like, seeing you go this extra mile to support me, it touches my heart. Same thing with little compliments. Like, you look beautiful today. Like, those things, a little compliment goes a long way. So I would like the community to know that as much as I'm facing challenges, I get the energy from the people that like just support me or just say nice things or like also tell me the value that my words have in them and I'm an influence to them. That that gives me energy that allows me to decide who do I want to be today? What kind of influence do I want to have today? What kind of person do I want to be today? And I pay attention to the people around me. I try to emulate what I receive back. I remember the other day, a black librarian just reached out to me. And I was so scared because like I was watching my Korean drama and I, I was so into that. So I was like, what happened? 
And she was just offer, came to offer me water. And I was so touched by that. And I remember the next day seeing her. I remember I was like, that's the woman that offered me water. And, and I remember complimenting her back as well. And the compliment wasn't to just like pay back. Because when I compliment someone, I try to find something unique that I actually like about them. So if you say you like my hair, I wouldn't just say, like, I like your hair right back. No, I'm going to be like, hmm, I like your eye color. And I'm talking to you, by the way. I love your eye color. <laughs> and your hair, too. But the eye color, I really love. So simple things like that. There are challenges along the way, but we have supporters. We have people motivating us. We have people that care about us. And let's not forget that. Even there's so much adversity, hate, there's hate right now going in the Asian communities. Let's remember the people that love and support us and use that energy to bring us to the next level, to the next generation with positive vibes. Because Tupac said, let me see if I remember this, the hate you give F's little infants, right? And we don't want to do that. We don't want to take that hate and bad energy into the next generation. We want to do better. The good things that we receive from generations from like the civil rights movements, that's what we're emulating right now, right? So let's continue that momentum. All right, that's perfect. Thank you, Palumi Oguntare. Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.